Hey, how you doing? Kirk here with another episode of Delarious. And this episode is so much fun. Um, you're going to love it. If you listen to uh, my first episode with Elizabeth Adams, folklorist and professor at the California State University at Northridge, we uh, talked a lot about Halloween folklore in that first episode. And at the end, I mentioned to Elizabeth that uh, I typically run a creature feature uh, in each podcast, and we talk about a uh, an animal. And she had mentioned we should do an entire show on legendary animals in folklore, and I just thought that was a fantastic idea. So... We really went down the rabbit hole of legendary creatures. We talked about everything from dragons to unicorns to the Loch Ness Monster to the Yeti to the Jersey Devil and even the Mongolian Death Worm. So uh, buckle your seatbelts. This is a really cool, fun episode. But it's probably going to make you think twice about swimming in any uh, open body of water or venturing into the woods too far. So I uh, hope you enjoy this episode focusing on legendary creatures with the one, the only, Elizabeth Adams. Hey, Kirk. Hey, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah. You having a good week? It's been a while. It's... It's only been a couple of weeks since we talked, Elizabeth. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we, we should make sure we keep doing this. So that I we, know. You know. Well, I am, I am super excited to ha- have this discussion because when we last spoke, I was telling you a little bit about my creature feature segment and you made the suggestion, hey, we should do a whole show on legendary animals. And before we get started, I've just had a couple of, I had a couple of thoughts and because I had so much fun, I, first of all, I came into this thinking, I have no idea what we're going to talk about or the types of legendary animals you want to discuss, right? So I started doing a little bit of research. Oh, good. So and, what, 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 well, have you, what have you found? I mean, I went down the rabbit hole, Elizabeth. There are literally, dare I say, hundreds of legendary hundreds. Yes, yes, across yes. cultures around the world. Yep. And I... So I sort of handpicked some of these that I thought might be interesting, but I don't want to, I don't want to uh, let on to which ones I picked because I am sure that you had some as well that you want to talk about. And I'm curious if they match up. Um, but I guess, bef- I mean, but before we get into all that, I'm really my, you know, the research kind of took me all over the place and I was just, astounded by the number of these legendary creatures that are around cultures. So my question for you was, why do you think there are so many of these around the world? Well, I mean, I think there, there are a few things. One is that, um, uh, you know, we, we coexist with animals, some of which are dangerous to us and others of which we've just sort of you know, deal with uh, in, in, in different ways, whether we've domesticated them or not. Um, and we, we as a, we as a species have a tendency to try to anthropomorphize everything mm-hmm. um and so you know when you're around something um or threatened by something or you know you're going to start attributing um human characteristics to it um just sort of naturally i mean pe- people do this with their pets right i mean you know you 
everybody who's got pets, they might not admit it, but has sort of a notion of the internal life of the pet and, you know, what the personality would be like if the pet were a human. I just, I don't know if you ever saw the, the, uh, Henry, uh, Henri, the, the, uh, cat with Henri. No, what is this? Yeah. So it's great. These great little films that a filmmaker made of his mother's cat, whose name is Henry. And, and it's basically Henry talking about how, uh, how, um, how the world is awful and, you know, and no one understands how, you know, his despair and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, that and it's really like a cat. yeah. <laughs> um, and he, so, and, you know, and it, and it's hilarious because there's another cat who he refers to as, uh, idiot blanc i mean you know it's got sort of little <laughs> french pieces in it um and and henry just died and and i read the the tribute he was 17 so yeah but i read the tribute by the filmmaker to him and he said one of the things that was always weird to him was that when you looked at henry you had this sense that he had this deep deep ennui but his personality was completely the opposite that he was you know a friendly happy happy cat um but you know i think what happens, and, and we do this all the time even now, is that it's easier to attribute certain kinds of things to animal or semi-animal um, uh, creatures um, to sort of explore issues without it sort of becoming personal or, you know, it, it, it takes it one, you know, one step away. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's why we have, I mean, you know, it, I mean, it's not exclusively so it's why so many high schools and colleges have animal mascots um, and, and not just in terms of, um, you know, representing them, but you, you know, the, the people who actually dress up in the mascot costumes are, you know, somewhat, are very anthropomorphic and have some of the same qualities that you would see in a legendary animal and, you know, in a fursuit here, you know, they're often very muscular and heroic and, you know, so. What's, uh, wait, what is CSUN's? Does the CSUN have an animal mascot? No, we're, we're, the, we're the matadors, which oh, I know. the matadors. Yeah, That's which I, I, I don't love, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I wish we had an animal. Now, you talked about anthro anthro why can't i say this Anthropo anthropomorphizing anthropomorphizing your pets mm -hmm. her giving personality to your pets i gotta know elizabeth your snake danger noodle what type of the snake the snake is and this is actually his his out i mean he's very sweet and so um <laughs> wait like, snakes can be he is sweet? he is snake can be sweet and so um uh he's uh, so when i think of his personality it's it's definitely that he's sweet the other thing that i have i'm hung up on with him is that his head's really small and so i you know i'm worried he's not very bright but that oh, poor know, snake poor danger noodle this yeah. is sweet dumb boy yeah he's just a sweet dumb <laughs> snake yeah so oh my gosh all right well okay i'm i am dying to know what would be the first legendary creature on your list to talk about and i and i wonder if it's on my list um well now this is a personal bias okay because uh, i've always been fascinated with this one but you know i i, I gotta go nessie i've uh, got nessie on the list good yeah no i and and nessie's not the only 
giant sea creature. In fact, I have, I, I brought this. So this is about Alti. I've not Darian, heard of Alti. Alti is Darien George's sea monster. Um, and, uh, you know, the legend's been around since uh, the 17th century. And supposedly, uh, Alti lives in the Altamaha River. Which Where's is the that? Big, it's down in South Georgia near the coast. Um, and uh, there have been sightings of Alti since, uh, since the early part of the 18th century. So that's uh, well before Nessie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and there are other, the, um, there's a, a, the big lake in uh, upstate New York, and I'm, I'm going to blank on um, the name of it, but it, 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 has a, it has a sea monster too. Um, and they almost always have that, I mean, they almost always look like yeah. that. Right. You say, you say this with authority. Like it has a sea monster too. Yeah, it has. It has a sea monster. <laughs> um, and and so the you know there's, I mean one of the things I really like about Nessie is is that it's huge and threatening in some ways, but also and this is not true of most legendary animals. There's a real almost benevolence to it. I mean you never really? hear about Nessie or Alti or the one in upstate New York eating anybody. That's true. I've not heard of they, any. They, they, in fact, there's, they're really more viewed as, you know, an ancient protector of the space. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that, that in fact, that, that creature is the thing that keeps other evil elements uh, away. So that's one of the reasons I really have always liked Nessie because it's it's massive and impressive and weird and it's you know it's not going to steal you to the bottom of the ocean and you know make you into something you're not. It's, that's it, dead. Yeah. I don't know if I'm swimming in Loch Ness. Oh yeah, I'm swimming in Loch Ness. You are. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I've I've gone. I've gone kayaking in the Altamaha River too. So, oh you yeah. have. Yeah. See anything? Yeah. No, no, I didn't. I, I, in fact, I, I went to Scotland about, uh, well, it was fall of uh, 19 with, with my mom. And, you know, partially it was, we were going to go to try to find Nessie. Um, and for, unfortunately, you know, it, it was not to be, but uh, I, I will also admit I didn't try very hard. Like I didn't book a boat to go ride around in Loch Ness to, to try to find Nessie. Cause Nessie, Nessie isn't going to come to you. You, you know, it, you, it's, it's going to be um, something that, uh, that you, you know, you may have an encounter with. Um, You're going to have to manifest it yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a um, social contract between right. you and Nessie. Right. Um, <laughs> let me, while I'm talking about Nessie, um, recommend a, a book, um, yeah. which is a book called The Monsters of Templeton. It's a novel um, uh, written by a, a writer named Lauren Groff, uh, who actually grew up in upstate New York near the, the lake, whose name I can't think of, um, it, that, and, and it supposedly has a legendary monster. And the monster appears in the book. Um, and, and the way she writes about the monster is just um, lovely. Um, I mean, it, it really, really is. It, you know, mm. what they look like is ancient 
sea dinosaurs, which aren't dinosaurs, but I, I forget what they're called. Um, so, you know, we, we don't, we typically don't create even mythical creatures that are hybrids out of nothing, right? It's right. always pieces of, of, uh, of something that we're aware of. So, you know, whether or not anybody's ever seen anything like this, it's, you know, it's in the sort of consciousness, um, even if, if it isn't um, something we've actually experienced. So it's funny, like you mentioned Nessie having this sort of benevolent, um, you know, connotation, whereas I feel like in all the research that I was doing about lots of other legendary creatures, they were all pretty gnarly. Like, you yeah. Know, so, yeah, no, so contrast Nessie with a much older Scottish legend of the Silkies. Oh, I have not. The Silkies? Oh, this is not on my list. I have oh, no. no. What the hell is a Silkie? The, you don't want to be messing with Silkies. So <laughs> Silkies are water horses. Um, water horses. Water horses. And, um, Seahorse? Hmm? Like a seahorse? So what happens is, this is the way the silky thing works. So you're, you're somewhere up in the Scottish Highlands and... Um, and you find this magnificent horse and you think, score, I just got a horse. Um, and so you get on the horse and then the horse goes and runs into the lake and it turns out the, that the horse is half fish, half horse. And now, oh. you're, and now you've been trapped oh, uh, by, by the horse. Um, usually it's, and this is a fairly typical, you see this with mermaid legends too, uh, you know, it's a male, uh, who's been trapped by a female and now can't get, get away. The interesting thing about silkies, though, is that unlike mermaids, you do see it the other way around, that women get trapped by male silkies. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're fascinating um, creatures uh, and, uh, and very, very prevalent uh, across the, the Celtic world that, and, you know, and, and it makes sense when you, when you live near violent oceans and lakes that are so deep you can't get to the bottom of them you're going to worry about that um and I'll so you know it, it, it you manifest those kinds of things but yeah silkies are great um scaring the hell out of me and i do a lot of swimming in the lakes here in maine but i'm gonna thank god it's winter right now because right right i'm not swimming yeah no i and i got i actually i should i i don't know um a ton about uh, uh, the sort of uh, uh, traditions in in that part of of uh, New England and up into Canada, though that there were enough folks that came from Ireland and Scotland that settled in the area that I imagine that there are some there are some silky like creatures around in the in your lakes for sure. So lots of so various water creatures mm -hmm. it seems because of the murkiness and the. Mm -hmm. Uh, uncertainty, right? The fear of the water. Mm -hmm. What was, uh, how about, okay, there's another very legendary sea creature that I had on my list that, and, and I, and I believe it is from that. It's not necessarily from the UK area, but it is European. Any ideas what that might be what I'm thinking of? Scandinavian. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what Scandinavian stuff is. Boy, yeah, I can't think of it. Tell me what you're thinking about. I've stumped you for yeah, now. You it is the Kraken. Elizabeth. Oh, the Kraken. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Um, I mean, listen, you don't want to be messing with squids. 
I mean, I you know, don't for sure. And and you know, so the so idea of a, a of a really really big squid um, is is something that you you know you definitely don't want to mess with. But I mean, you can see that's it's you know there are a lot of squids in the North Sea, right? So of course there's some uh, giant squid that you are you know that's going to uh, come get you. You know, and you see some of that stuff with whales too. Um, uh, it's it it's not it's not they're not quite as threatening but yeah it's yeah the kraken the kraken's good but we should probably go to the land don't you think oh well so I, this is interesting because we were talking about the water now the next sort of element right that I was thinking because there it seems like there are different uh, creatures that uh, are sort of centered around these elements like water but the next one that is, might be really interesting is fire. Oh, well, then, you know, your, your obvious one with fire is, is the phoenix, which is... The phoenix is, is on my list. Yes, you know, the phoenix is also one of my favorites. And it's been actually, that's, it's a really interesting story because somewhat like Nessie, it, it, it has a, a much more positive connotation than you expect yeah. legends to have, right? I mean, it's it's a violent thing, but the whole idea of it is is uh, resurgence and rebirth, and you know, and and that pattern is something you find across cultures and across religions, right? I mean, there's it's not that different from the you know sort of core piece of of Christianity, right? That that mm. there is that there is a way to be reborn um, and and to come back. But you know the phoenix is. I mean, the cool thing about the phoenix is how sort of spectacular uh, it, it it is. Um, and 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 you know, fire has, you know, fire is so threatening and yet necessary that there are tons and tons of legends, both animal and not, that are totally wrapped up in, in our ideas uh, about fire. So yeah, I, I love the phoenix. I, I grew up in Atlanta and uh, the phoenix is the symbol of Atlanta because uh, after Sherman, yeah, because after Sherman burned it down, it had to rebuild. And so that's- I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you look at Atlanta police, they all have a phoenix on there. No way. Yeah. Um, I actually have a connection, so I have a connection to the phoenix as well. Both my high school and college mascots were the phoenix. Really? Yeah, my high school, uh, it actually was called the Firebird, Holy mm -hmm. Ghost Prep Firebird. Yep, yep. Right, then, it's the absolutely same thing. And then, uh, and then I went to Swarthmore College. Now the technical mascot was the Garnet, which is, you know, color, but the phoenix was sort of the unofficial mat and now it is the mascot and i think it's because swarthmore just beat you down they burned you to the ground intellectually yeah, yeah. before you could rise up again in, out of your own ashes <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean you know liberal arts colleges in the northeast that's kind of how they roll isn't it i mean that's 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 kind of the thing for sure uh now there's another fire creature that i'm thinking of uh uh, or a creature that is really sort of enveloped in sort of this in with fire and I'm wondering if you know what that might be and it's a uh, let's see it's serpentine well I mean you know the, there are lots and lots of of, of dragon dragon uh, yeah so dra dragon 
dragons. The, dragons are fascinating, right? Because, you know, what awareness we have of reptiles is that they are very cold, right? I mean, they're, they're cold-blooded. If you touch them, they're cold. They're, you know, um, and we have a tendency, and this is not stupid on our parts, to think of reptiles as, 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 a, as a group, as something you don't want to mess with. But they um, can be very sweet if... They, they can be very sweet, but the key there is that they have really small heads. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, if, if they have big heads, you don't want to have anything and to do with them. And they're breathing fire. Um, but, uh, uh, but, you know, I actually think people having snakes and lizards and, you know, is partially about our desire to want to tame something that seems so uh, primeval. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, the dragon thing is really interesting because, because there are dragons cross-culturally. You find them all over uh, Asian cultural traditions, you find them all over European cultural traditions, um, and, and sometimes in indigenous cultural traditions. Um, and, and, you know, they're not all that different, right? They're always very, very large reptiles, usually that can fly and that breathe fire. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, where they live varies. Sometimes they're in caves, sometimes they're at the edge of the world, sometimes, you know, um, but, you know, I think, I think dragons are in, in some ways, just this really, really, uh, clear marker of our fear of, of a sort of a package of unknowns, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, they're, they're this, it's untamable wildness it's fire that can't be controlled it it's something that comes from nowhere right the flying is 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 important um and except then of course are, except if you are mother of dragons yes well so that's that's i mean I, I i don't know if you can see in my um in my background but i've got um oh um, i do see that oh my gosh off targaryen yeah um so ginormous. by the way that's a ginormous wall Door yeah, it is. It's it, it's it's large. Um, I, I have no. I should have guessed that you would be um, really partial to House Targaryen. Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. Though you know, I, I I'm also um, I'm I'm also uh, pretty pro Stark. So you know, it's it <laughs> depends wolves. on the yeah. Um, but you were uh, saying about the dragon. Something about the dragon. You were saying. Yeah, that it's that it 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 is. It's sort of the ultimate power right and and martin is playing with that in the books and anybody else who writes about dragons playing with you know how do you take um uh something that's so unbelievable and out of control and then have someone actually try to control it and i mean you know the, the whole thread of of the the tension in that book is whether fire or ice mm. is is the thing that we need to worry the most about um and the fact that daenerys can ride the dragon makes her uh powerful and appealing uh, in a way that you know is misleading right so we think she's she's something that she's not um but oh. uh, yeah it's, and lord Tyrion, of course was yeah and lord Tyrion, yeah yeah the best. Yeah, um, no, he, he is great. I, Tyrion, Tyrion is one of the best characters in, in all of science fiction. Oh my gosh, I love him. 
Yeah. Let's see. Okay. First of all, by the way, I love these little, I, I love that we're doing these in like these little brief vignettes. It's perfect for a podcast, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, let's see. Staying, staying on the land. There are other creatures on the land. I'm wondering if there are ones that are really uh, more fascinating to speak of, of from your perspective. I've got a few. Well, one, one, uh, one sort of uh, subset, and now I'm moving away from the elemental ones, though we can come back, there are ice, there are ice ones too. Oh, right. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, and there are wind ones, um, but, uh, but to move away from the elemental uh, thing, another thing you find uh, cross-culturally that's really interesting and almost always embodied in a, in a somewhat mythical creature is, is the trickster figure. Ah. Um, so oh. this, this is a, a you know, a, a, an embodied animal um, that uh, is clever up to a point, um, but then often gets uh, out thought by something that's thought to be less clever. So the, the, probably the two most well-known ones are the African spider Anansi, um, and the Native American uh, coyote. Yes. Okay. So um, I, I, the coyote was in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, coyote is. I mean, coyote because we're we're in the U.S. is is better known than than a Nazi. Though you know, a Nazi. There a lot of what you can say about coyote is also true uh, of a Nazi. But um, a spider. It's a human sized spider. I mean, oh my God! It's a human. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, a Nazi's never quite appealed to me in the in that sense, just because you know it's um, uh, big hairy spiders aren't aren't my favorite thing. I don't feel. I mean, there are very few people I feel that are not completely creeped out by a large spider. Yes, yes. Um, there's um, out out here. I, I'm, I'm sure it happens other places, but um, out in in the high desert. Um, uh, east of, of LA is there are several parts of, of that area that are uh, tarantula migration oh. patterns. And my, my in-laws used to live in a tarantula migration um, zone. And so if you sat out on their back porch at certain times of the year and you weren't careful, you know, Tarantula. I mean, tarantulas would literally sort of walk across your feet, um, oh, and and one fell on my sister in law's head. And oh, wait, yeah. now, are they? But are they fairly harmless? Tarantulas? They're very harmless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, you know. okay. But still enough. But to... still, yeah. No, you, you don't want to be hanging. I don't <laughs> want to be hanging with tarantulas or scorpions for that matter. But so, all right. So let's talk about coyote for a second. Um, I mean, the place most, uh, you know, modern Americans are, are most familiar with coyote uh, from is, is the Roadrunner cartoons. And they're absolutely based on the character in, uh, in, in the Native American tradition. Um, you know, Coyote's always up to something. He's always trying to get over. Um, and sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Um, a lot of trickster uh, legends have multiple parts. So the trickster will, will have uh, some success and then later um, uh, some failure. Uh, Warner Brothers Coyote tends to just fail. Um, oh, 
but uh, but yeah, I mean, coyote. There are le- there are legends about. We were talking about fire. There are legends about uh, coyotes stealing fire. There are legends about coyotes stealing uh, uh, water. And then um, and this makes sense when you're talking about the coyotes most found in in uh, Western Native American traditions. Um, that you know, if you're living in northern New Mexico, for example, water is a thing, right? You need it. And, and if there's a drought, you, you know, you're, you're going to suffer because of it. And coyote, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to sort of blame uh, coyote. And I, I totally get why coyotes themselves um, get, get this uh, association. We, I mean, I live next to a, a nature preserve um and there are lots of coyotes out there and they sometimes wander around our neighborhood and you know when you see them i mean they're they're beautiful animals but they're you know it's 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 very different than wolves and dogs right i mean you know they're they're you know sort of slinking around and you know um they get wrapped though you know these i read did we talk about this last time but i read this book coyote america have you heard of this book it's a good book yeah and they started off by talking about the, the indigenous legends of coyote. And it was interesting because across tribes there, you know, the coyote was revered for mm-hmm. being a creator and mm-hmm. sort of an all, uh, sort of the dual spirit of sort of this all knowing creator and also the trickster who can, right. doesn't take itself too seriously. Right. And, right. Um, is often sort of the folly of its own antics. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and it also makes sense when, when you've got an almost, I mean, so coyotes are predators, um, but they're not apex predators, right? They're, they're going to seed to bears and pumas and, you know, so, but they're incredibly successful animals, right? There are always lots of coyotes. They can adapt to almost anything. And, you know, so you can see where the, the animal's own uh, natural adaptation lends itself to, wow, how does that thing, you know, you sort of think, how is that thing still alive? Thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. And thriving. Yeah, exactly. And I always think that, I mean, in, in, especially in the spring and, and summer, um, if I go out on a bike ride early in the morning, I'll often see them just sort of walking along, uh, you know, major LA streets, you know, um, and, uh, and they're fine. You know, I, I never see, I never see coyotes run over by cars and I see coyotes all the time. They're wicked smart, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. The best thing about the coyote that I love is the fact that regardless of how much we white European Americans have tried to persecute the coyote, it has just basically yeah. thumbed its nose and said, I'm gonna come back even stronger. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and 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 that's partially why the the um the the Native Americans understood, you know, it it's resilience in that sense. I mean, when you contrast it with other, you know, large predatory animals, um, I mean, we, we certainly have legends about bears and about mountain lions, pumas, whatever you want to call them. Um, but they're not nearly as, as rich and developed because, you know, they're so much more clearly a threat. 
<laughs> you know, you know, you, if you encounter a bear, you're like, yeah, okay, dude, you, 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 you got it. I'm, I'm going to go this way. Um, whereas a coyote, because of its size and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more ambiguous. And that is really one of the things that, um, is, is a, a through thread here, right? A- animals who we have a somewhat ambiguous relationship with reptiles, horses, right? I mean, horses are, really interesting because by any measure we ought not to be able to do with horses right. what we do right they're bigger they're they're right. smart animals they're you know and yet they let us you know uh do you know so you you see that sort of the places where we have a complicated relationship with animals and it doesn't matter actually what the complexity is right so we have a good relationship with horses but there's something about them that's a little threatening you don't see those same kinds of legends about cows. I mean, you know, nobody, nobody's afraid of cows. Bulls is a different matter, but cows, yeah, you cows know. True. You don't think folks aren't generally afraid of cows. They no, no. Cows. Bulls, though. Bulls? I mean, so the, the Minotaur is a great example of oh, that. This is something that was the, here's, here's a deviation. I did not have, now you say Minotaur. I was going to say Minotaur, but it's, is it my, it's, motto? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Minotaur, tell me more about this animal. So yeah, this is the this is you know from from Greek mythology, but you we actually think it may have have come into Greece from from the from the Near East. Um, but you know it's it's one of a, 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 a subcategory that we actually haven't talked about yet, which are half human and half something else, right? So centaurs are, are, are another example. Mermaids, we mentioned Mermaid. them, are another example, right? So that, um, but, but one of the things you always have to look at when you're looking at the ones that are half and half is which half? right wait, so the which, which half, half? Oh, which half? Okay. oh wait this is yeah which half which half is human and which half is animal yeah okay right so um because that's going to then affect how how people perceive it and and the the interaction so you will find you know legends about uh mermaids and centaurs where you can talk to them kind of, they're a little threatening, but they also might not be threatening. I mean, you know, the, the whole uh, Little Mermaid thing, which, you know, I mean, I just the Disneyfication of it drives me crazy, but that legend, which is found very widespread across the North Atlantic, you know, somehow a, a, a woman who is part fish and, you know, if, uh, if the man can just be good enough and strong enough, then he can, he can conquer her. It's very much about, can, can you conquer the sea? Can you own the sea? Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's definitely um, part of that. Centaurs tend to be male. Wait, so um, a centaur and a minotaur, the same thing? No. So a centaur is back half horse, front half guy. That what, centaur is back half horse, and at the front it's a, a man. Okay, a got it. The yeah. head of a man, torso of a man. Torso of a man with back. arms, and then yeah. the back end has got a horse body. Oh, okay. You know, those 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 ones are are you know animals you don't want to mess with, right? They're often very smart, and they're often very capable, and you know yeah. they're they're uh, they're 
kind of um, unruly, but it's nothing like the Minotaur because the Minotaur is top half bull, bottom half human. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would, who wins Centaur versus Minotaur in a battle royale? Oh, I, a Minotaur. You feel Minotaur? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Mini- I mean, the Minotaur legend myth is, you know, is a, a super... Uh, threatening, scary, you know, in, in some sense, it's the opposite of the mermaid, right? It's about sort of the ultimate scary masculinity that, um, and, and the Minotaur is found at the center of a maze. And so, you know, there's, there's this sort of suggestion that if you go deep enough into, you know, your, your visceral animal self, then you can, you can lose yourself to the point where you're not human anymore. Um, and, and so, you know, don't take the wrong turn and end up, uh, in front of the Minotaur. So, um, it's, uh, it, it, that, that one, you, you know, is, is pretty powerful. Yeah. I, th- I seem to remember that story about the maze and the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. Probably got it from some cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's all right. It's, we, 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 we reappropriate. I mean, I, I never object to the use of legends or myths or folktales for that matter in popular culture because, you know, not only does it keep them going, but it also um, is, a, is a new take on their meaning, right? I mean, anybody who take, folk, what's great about folklore legends and the like is that nobody owns it, right? So the, so the question, uh, and we don't know the origins and we don't, you know, so the question really is how are you using it? And what, um, what are you saying about yourself, about your culture, about, you know, the moment in time that you're in by using this particular story right now? And a lot of these stories, it seems, are meant to scare little kids. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And and that, you know, and often legends and to a lesser degree folktales, myths are less like this. Um, so there are really three big kinds of narrative folklore. There's folktales, you know, so Hansel and Gretel, Little Red Riding Hood, that kind of thing. Stories set in kind of no place and no time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That people don't actually think are true, but they have a sort of belief system built up into them. Legends, which is what we're talking about with the animals that are set in in a real past um, and, um, and have some belief around truth, right that, that, that we we believe in nessie we believe in bigfoot right um and oh, bigfoot. bigfoot yeah um and then myths are more uh have a, a religious or cosmological uh underpinning to them so so legends and folk tales are absolutely meant to help control uh, kids and, and adults to a lesser degree in terms of, of their behavior. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll go off of animals for a minute. One of my favorite um, legends from the part of the world I live in is, is La Llorona, uh, who's a, a, um, a mostly Mexican-American uh, and Mexican legend. Uh, she's a woman who uh, is said to have drowned her children in a body of water. Oh, God. And and then she walks up and down uh, near the body of water, crying and looking for them. And the the story goes that 
you know, you don't want to encounter La Llorona because she'll drown you too. Now it's, I mean, it's, it, and it's a fantastic, there's a lot more to it, but. This is on the beat on the California beaches or? California beaches and lakes and, you know, and rivers and stuff like that. It's so clearly about, hey kids, don't go in the water. <laughs> you know, and, and, and yet, I mean, but it's, it's sort of packaged up in this, mothers can be threatening, mothers can chill, kill their children, you know, and, and, you know, which is scary and weird and, you know, but, but the bottom line is don't, don't, don't go there. I mean, trolls are like that too, right? You, do, you do, don't go under a bridge because it's just dumb to go under a bridge. And so if, if you go under a bridge, there's a troll. Oh um, so, yeah, they're definitely about controlling uh, uh, behaviors, you know, and sometimes in a problematic way. I mean, a lot, a lot of folk tales and legends are about how women should behave relative to how men should behave. Um, and and so you, there's a lot of sort of brave little girls who get theirs in all these stories, whereas usually the 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 young man is off on an adventure and you know. Oh God, spare me. Yeah, I know, I know. So I mentioned Bigfoot. You seem to. Oh to, yeah. So Bigfoot's on the list. Speaking of men off on an adventure. Yes. I'm feeling yes. that's a male figure. Bigfoot. Yes, I, I think it definitely is a male What's figure. What's the story there? I know it's uh, sort of part it, Canadian. Folk yeah, folk. it's it's pretty widespread in in the um, in the north central part of uh the u.s and in the northwest part of the u.s and then in, in the sort of corresponding areas in in canada mostly in areas with with large old growth forest um and uh you know it's it's one of these it's one of these hybrid things that's you know sort of half human half ape somehow evolved from or near us um, and, uh, and, you know, it, 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 at its simplest, it's, you know, don't go into the woods because stuff like this lives in the woods, but, but in a, in a more complicated way, there's this sort of notion of, are we, um, you know, we've always tried to sort of distance ourselves from being like animals, even though of course we are animals, right? Mm -hmm. And so the the Bigfoot legend in lots of ways is about how evolved are we evolved and 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 how far away are we from our, you know, sort of um, uh, ape-like past. Um, uh, and and so Bigfoot's about that tension, um, I think, in 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 lots of ways. But I guess the thing I'm thinking about that I've just thought of about Bigfoot is like, unlike a lot of other of these creatures that are going to potentially mess you up, the Kraken or the Dragon or you know these other monsters, mon quote unquote monsters. Bigfoot just kind of out there walking yeah. around yeah. and yeah. Even himself. Yes, and I and and there is a way I completely agree with that, and and there is a way in which Bigfoot is kind of the Nessie of the forest, right? It's yeah. it's you know he's he's out in the forest. He's probably not going to do anything to you, um, uh, but 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 he's uh, but he's out there, um, and uh, um, uh, you know there but there are variations on it. Oh, I'm going to blank on the yeah. name of it. There's there's a there's a Canadian legend about uh, 
a creature that looks like Bigfoot, and I'm not going to remember the name of it. I'll see. Not the Yeti, is it? No, not the Yeti. Yeti and Bigfoot are essentially the same thing. Oh, uh, uh, Wendigo. Wind, Wendigo. Oh, I've heard of this. I've heard of this. Yeah, so the Wendigo, which sometimes is described very much like Yeti and B Bigfoot, um, is a voracious, cannibalistic human kind of creature that will mm -hmm. that will eat any meat it comes across uh, raw. And so, you know, <laughs> you don't you don't want to be messing with the Wendigo. Um, the, the Wendigo only shows up in the de depth of winter. Um, and, and, you know, okay. I, and I really think it's probably meant in some ways to, uh, explain, you know, people who get lost oh. and disappear in the snow, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, and the, the Wendigo is a, is a variation where, and you'll see this too, right? I mean, where the, 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 the benign figure, um, is, it becomes, um, something that that's threatening uh yeti is mostly the thing you find in the pacific northwest and bigfoot's more in the oh. sort of michigan uh zone but yeti's more like abominable abominable yeah, yeah. it's it's snowier abominable snowman yeah okay i can't say that word either anthropomorphizing anthropomorphizing buys abominable abominable um, yes, let's, let's anthropomorphize the abominable oh gosh that was i can't do it I'm tongue-tied. Yes. Um, okay, there's what there was a there is a legend that is that uh, is from my neck of the woods. I grew up in Philadelphia that I've been curious about, and I don't know if you know anything about this particular creature, but it's the Jersey Devil. Oh yeah, the Jersey Devil is really interesting. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, um, it, it's 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 lives in the pine barrens right? right pine barrens yeah um which is so i mean one of the things i've always liked about the 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 jersey devil legend is you you think of um that part of the u.s as as really developed and has been developed mm -hmm. for a long time and yet you know there are definitely parts of new jersey and pennsylvania that are still very wild um and and so there so the devil, I think, to some degree is about that tension between, you know, what we've done to the landscape and what the landscape then wants to do back to us. Yeah, well, um, this Jersey devil wants to, wants to beat our asses because... So what, I don't know what he actually is supposedly, what he supposedly okay. does. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I am. Ready for like what it, what it looks like though first? It's yes. Suppo uh, supposedly a almost like a kangaroo like creature with a head like a horse or a goat wings like a bat horns clawed hands on its small arms it's got hooves and a forked tail now that shit is yeah ass that yeah i don't want to be i don't want to be hanging out with that <laughs> i don't when i was a kid i've heard of this legend and i was and i was like oh my dear Lord, there's no way I'm going into the Pine Barrens. Right. Well, and I, I, I mean, so I real. this is not a legend I know much about, but, but I do know that they played around with it in that one episode of the Sopranos yeah. Yeah. where they were, yeah. you know, where they were out in the Pine Barrens I and they were, that. they were killing somebody and they were worried about the devil. And yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. It's 
pretty great. Okay, I got I got another one that I wonder if you've heard of this. This is I I found this interesting because I know you spent some time in Mongolia, mm-hmm. and there's a there is a legendary creature in Mongolia called the Mongolian death worm. Have you heard of this? No, I have not heard of this. Did you this see is... any of these things out there? Uh, no, I did not. I did <laughs> <You> not. Didn't. <laughs> so tell me about the Mongolian death worm. It's also called the large intestine worm. It exists allegedly in the Gobi Desert. I, w- I went to the Gobi Desert. You did? Okay, so you, but you didn't see any of these things. No, right, I didn't. So I didn't. Here's the, here's the, so I guess it's um, in Mongolian. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this, but it's Olgoy Korkoy. Okay. Called and uh, it's about two feet long, doesn't have a head uh, or any legs. It's so poisonous that to merely touch it is instant death. Mm. Now, okay, let's see some other things here about this 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 thing, which is really creepy. Uh, it can kill at a distance by either spraying its venom uh, or by electric discharge. Wow. Ground. And uh, let's see, it frequently preys on camels and lays its eggs in the intestines of the camel. Oh, and eventually acquires a trait of red skin based on the fact that it's lived in the intestines of these camels. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it, the Gobi Desert is a, a, a vast... I think, first of all, can we pause? You're like, it makes sense. <laughs> the yes, yeah. yeah, no, it totally... All of these, all, they make sense. They're, you know, so the, 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 the Gobi Desert is this vast and scary-ass place, right? Mm-hmm. Where your like is not to get lost and, you know, and then you're in deep trouble. And Mongolia and including in that area um, is, is so unsettled um, and so um, uh, driven by animal husbandry that, you know, camels, horses, sheep, goats, all the stuff they have is, um, is, is, is where all of the wealth is. I mean, there is, there is no money outside of mm-hmm. the animals that you yep. own and, and camels and they're the two humped kind, um, are, okay, uh, so why, why not the, oh, the one hump kind are from, from Africa, Africa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I got to ride one of them. I, and actually, I, I gotta say, I appreciated the two humps cause you sit between the humps. Yeah, you're just like a saddle, right? Yeah. And, uh, and the, the, the one hump cotton, I guess you sit on top of the humps and I felt high enough between the humps. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, but, but that, you know, that, that those animals are everything to people who live on the Mongolian steppes and in the Gobi Desert. And so anything that would threaten them or, you know, is, is, you know, you're going to have beliefs tied up in the things that you value, right? Um, and so, I mean, it's why there's so many legends about horse creatures, right? Because for many, many cultures, uh, the, the horse is, is the animal that has has the most um value um and and needs to be the most tended to and the like you know unlike there are not a lot of legends about dogs there's some but you know dogs dogs can 
I'm thinking of dogs because mine's barking um, in the backyard. Um, uh, but dogs, by and large, you know, are just sort of our companions. And so we don't really need to think or worry about what they're um, what they're thinking. Um, I think cats are a little more as we started. Yeah, they think about food. Yeah. And they think about, you know, uh, belly rubs. Um, uh, whereas I think one of the reasons that that cats we started with them are, are more uh have more legends around them is that they're less they're less uh, available to us in terms of what they want and why they want it plus they you know they, they domesticated themselves we domesticated dogs for our use cats just sort of came and started hanging out with us it was time yeah, yeah. i guess we'll figure this out yeah okay my last i have i have a, my last animal you mentioned because you were like there's so many about horses my last one is a horse okay creature do you do you know what it might be all right well you've got unicorns that's it unicorns okay yeah yeah unicorns are really interesting um i mean there's pegasus too but he's he's more of a one-off oh, right like a winged horse yeah he's the winged horse from greek mythology okay, okay. um and uh but he's sort of a one-off there's there's one pegasus whereas okay. unicorns there are lots of uh, of unicorns um, uh, all over the place, and 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 they have. I mean, speaking of, of of legends that have been sort of changed and morphed over the years, yeah. is um, it, that they really have have gone from you know here to and back again. I mean, you know, the, unicorns have been around for like thousands of years. Oh, thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and they're probably you know, there's some animals that we think might have spawned the legend or suggested the legend, mm. um, uh, you know, that if you see certain kinds of, of goats, for example, or sheep at a certain angle, they look like horses with one, with one horn. Um, uh, but, but they, they kind of got solidified in and around some of the Arthurian and, and other medieval traditions where they became, you know, these white horses with the, the one horn and are often associated with a maiden of some sort yeah. um, and they're her protector. Um, and, uh, and so, um, but then, you know, you, you get this whole business that I think is so interesting of, of how people have now started using them as a popular culture trope, you know, where, you know, they're, they're unicorns with rainbows and, you know, and it, it just, and it, it's kind of girly, but then it also can be kind of uh, uh, ironic. And, and so, um, yeah, they, 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 they have had some, uh, some persistence. Um, and they're, and the, one, I think one of the pieces about them is that they're, they're, though there are some stories associated with them, like the maiden thing, um, they're adaptable, right? So you can, you can take a unicorn and sort of put it into a different context. And there are some cultural signifiers to it, but there are also some ways in which you can, uh, you can mess with it. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons they've, they've sort of hung around uh, so, so much. Well, got a good quote here from, I say quote, Leonardo da Vinci, wrote about the unicorn that the unicorn through its intemperance and not knowing how to control itself for the love it bears to fair maidens 
forgets its ferocity and wildness and laying aside all fear, it will go up to a seated damsel and go to sleep in her lap. And thus the hunters take it. Right. <laughs> Though often in the stories, they don't take it, right? The, 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 the unicorn is the thing that That's is protecting, right. she's, it's protecting the maiden you can never have. I mean, it, it becomes a sort of stand in for, you know, the, the, the girl you're never going to get. Um, she's, you know, instead of being stuck up in a tower, she's now, you know, behind this scary ass, uh, <laughs> scary ass uh, horse with the horn. Um, but, but the, 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 the fear piece of unicorns, I think we've, as added, as it's changed since Da Vinci's time, um, uh, uh, has, has become a much more benign figure, um, and, yeah. But but it stayed associated with with girls, right? And so you know, girls want unicorns. You don't think of of guys as wanting to hang out with unicorns. Yeah, I guess you're right, man. I don't know if it's because of the colors or the sort of yeah. mystical, you know, sort of yeah. quality or whatnot. Yeah. But I I mean I think that maiden thing is has been a through line there. Interesting. Hmm. Well, let's see. Any any other creatures that you that you wanted to talk about, Elizabeth, that I have not had on my list. I'm trying to think if, if, if there's anything that, that I, I, I left out. I wanted to be, I wanted to be sure to get Alti in, but we got Alti in really. Alti, that's cool. Yeah. yeah we got Alti in uh, really early. So no, I think we, I think we've run uh, the gamut of, of uh, birds, fish, um, uh, horses, uh, dragons, hey, reptiles. We hit them all. Yeah, we hit them all. We hit them all. Yeah, we hit them all. My gosh, I'm not going to sleep for weeks now. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Swimming in any uh, uh, body of water for fear of either serpents or crazy women trying to drag me down. Yeah, no, so you silkies, you watch out for silkies. They're they're uh, they're bad news. There's there's a fantastic modern sculpture of two silkies um that's uh on the uh outskirts of, of of glasgow if you if you look it up on on the internet they're just a, a magnificent uh, uh and sort of threatening but beautiful sculpture of two horses that are emerging from the the water this was super fun i yeah i, I loved it thank you so yeah much. i did too it's this is i did, did one of my favorite areas to explore so all right elizabeth all right we'll thanks Carol. don't uh sleep well tonight I, you know, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Because I've got my small-headed snake to protect. You got your snake and your house Targaryen. And my um, house Targaryen, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You are protected. I am. I'm totally protected. <laughs> All right. Talk All right. to you soon. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, how cool was that? That was Elizabeth Adams, and uh, we just had a blast talking about so many different types of legendary animals and we barely scratched the surface. I mean, those were a lot of the most popular ones, but um, if you do your own research with, like I did, you'll find hundreds of these creatures around the world. But in any case, to do an entire episode on Creature Feature was pretty darn fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and actually, if you did enjoy the episode and if you're liking this podcast in general, I'd love it if you would uh, give us a rating, subscribe, drop a comment, share it on social media. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'll catch you next time. But until then, maybe before you go to bed tonight, just remember back and think about that goat-headed 
bat-winged, cloven-hooved, fork-tailed Jersey Devil uh, as you go to sleep tonight in pleasant dreams.